When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Will Derek White be the breakout player of the year next season? What is Jaron Jackson Jr.'s ceiling? Will the NBA clean up the egregious traveling? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show slash podcast slash hangout with Jared Weiss. And we also have special guest Dave Dufour joining us, rejoining the program. He's no stranger to a three-man pod in the Periscope slash wherever we are, YouTube. Thank oh, you, Dave guys. loves a three-way. I love a three-way. Absolutely. Three-way. So that's Dave's voice if you're listening, and that's you can see Jared in the middle. I let him have the middle uh, seat this time, which is usually always cramped. So uh, how are you, I'm Dave? Actually, I'm actually an aisle seat kind of guy. So this yeah. Is uh, <laughs> ooh, aisle seat is where it's at. Because, listen, when you're on a plane, you're going to drink too much water because you want to be hydrated. You don't want to feel like crap when you land. You're going to yeah. get up and pee like six times, at least like, you know, if it's like a three hour flight. But what about if you're sitting in the aisle and then you got someone else who wants to get up so many times, that's also frustrating, which is why I would probably advocate for the window. I side. don't mind it. I don't mind it. I want to stand up more often than not because I don't want my back to get all tight. I got to take care of this body, you know, yeah, you don't want fine tune machine. We got to make sure that it's it's staying mobile. You don't you want know, a supple leopard, a supple leopard. Yes, you know, you know, gotta keep if, it moving. If you're sitting too long, you can you, you're at a risk for you know a pulmonary embolism. So for you know, I hear you. Um, okay, I, I, gotta, I gotta say, I just I miss Dave's confusing sexual energy off the top of the shows. It's been way confusing. Too long. Nothing confusing <laughs> about it, my friend. Nothing confusing at all. Okay. Overwhelming. Well, let's talk a little bit about basketball, if we if we may. Um, we can have plenty of time for sexual energy after in the middle, but uh, I want to talk about my favorite player, and I, I I think he's still mine. I get to have him to myself, don't I, Derek White? No, no, okay, no, no. no. I actually, as a matter of fact, I might have beaten you here again uh, to Derek White. Really? Last year, so last year at the start of the season, when when the Spurs were awful, right? Like Dejounte Murray got hurt; they were without their starting point guard. Derek White was going to fill in, and all anybody thought about was, all right, this guy was in the G League. Well, talking to our good friend, Cole Zwicker, he loved him. He got me high on this guy. So I started digging into his, some of his G League tape from the from the previous season. I was like, wow, this guy is probably a better defender than, than DeJounte Murray. I need to see it in the NBA. Well, then he got hurt. And that first six weeks of the season, the Spurs were a disaster on defense. And then he comes back, and instantly it's like, oh, hey, Greg Popovich learned how to coach defense again. <laughs> yeah. And then he went out again. And all of a sudden, the Spurs were awful. Derek White was the difference between them making the playoffs and not making the playoffs last year. So I think I beat you there, Nick. Well, I'm trying to look because I know I, I thought I was the year before I was he was he was on my like my favorite player list. Am I crazy or is that was it always I, last year? Really? Do you watch a lot of G League? He didn't play in the NBA uh, in 2017, uh, 17, 18? I don't think so. 
Okay, so I guess it may, you know I'm look, I'm looking right now. Right, now we got to look it up. Now we're now we're on this on this track. Yeah, only because I mean it, it just seems like it had been longer than just like last year. But uh, he played 17 games, eight so, minutes a game. All right, so, so. Like, yeah, all right. Well, you know I I have as early as um, January 11th. Derek White on my favorite players list was one tweet I could see. Um, but I must have known about him before January. In fact, we, there is a little bit of a – we need to find out whatever happened. I was in uh, New York, and I saw the, the Spurs get beat by the Knicks in February, and he didn't play in that game, and he looked yeah. certainly healthy. So there was something happened, I feel like, that he got on Pop's bad side, and he didn't play him for a couple of games, which also cost them thing. that game. So we had the knee thing early on, mm-hmm. and then it flared up again around that time that was when they got bad again by the way you know what i know exactly what you're thinking of with Derek white now we're just ignoring jared it's like he doesn't exist I don't Uh, but it was from our draft show the year he got drafted because we said because we did it live and we both were like the spurs strike again because they got another seasoned player with an nba ready body who is going to come out and defend if if, we don't know if he's going to score but he's going to defend. And that's what it was. We were both pumped that he went to the Spurs. Okay. Yeah, that was it. But, but I, you know, I just know that there was moments when I was like so excited about him and I'm tweeting about it. And I, you know, I guess it was only last year, but there's no question. I mean, we could share. There's plenty of him to go around. Uh, and I know that we like the defense, but I'm telling you, the way he plays offense is what I kind of respond to because he's just a, such a heady player and he can make the plays, like maybe not even expecting him to. And all of a sudden he'll make a crazy great dime uh, off of pick and roll that like a few players will be able to see. And then he'll nail threes. It gets hot from there. So I think that one, one of the questions we have probably is, is whether his shooting is, what is his shooting? Is he a good shooter? Or is he not a good shooter? I mean, right now I'd say no, because I just need to see more of it. Mm-hmm. That hot, that hot month. And then the playoffs, it's just not enough. Um, his mid range game is pretty good. And he can finish. Uh, clearly, he's a great athlete. I mean, I think he's one of the probably 10 best defenders in the league already, uh, especially I want him at the point of attack if I'm the Spurs. Um, you know, he's a better defender than DeJounte Murray is on the ball. And uh, But the shooting stuff, you know, we'll see. I, I think, you know, when he has more responsibilities in the offense, we'll get a better feel for that. What we saw in the playoffs, it's kind of an aberration. I'm not ready to trust it yet. Fair enough. Jared, thoughts? I mean, he- he shot about 51% and 38% or so after New Year's Eve last year. I think it's a big enough – that's about half the season. Uh, I think it was like just shy of, of 40 games. For what him, what so. is he doing? Two two threes a game, though? Probably two to two and a half, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so, so like know, Brandon Ingram numbers. I can't trust it <laughs> yet. There's yeah. a comparison. Very long for his position. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but – he uh, what I like about him is that he he's not like a he doesn't look like he's seeking his shot usually he like he shoots when he needs to shoot sure. and you know before we came on the air we we're, we're compare I was comparing him to Tony Parker and like diff- definitely different stylistically but I think his si- decision making about how he tries to execute every single play is that kind of that common thread that I see with Parker. And not to mention, I think he has a really nice floater game that's emerging. And we can see that he's just really good with body control, changing pace, being able to shoot at unpredictable times. And that's what I really like about him is that I I don't even have like a very clear grasp on what his play style is, what his go to moves are yet. I think he still is a pretty unpredictable player. And I think that's very much by design. I I, I just need him to develop an offhand. He just doesn't have one at all. And it's one thing if you're Sabonis 
or Thad Young and you've got the body that you actually can force your way into the, the dominant hand, it doesn't work if you're a guard. You get you got to be able to go both ways. And, and you you actually – you could see the Nuggets during that playoff series adjust, and they were weak in him really, really hard. Now, he, he managed to get back to his strong hand, which, you know, hey – make it work but but he's gonna he's gonna have to actually overcome that and and develop that hand luckily though he's got demar Derozan there like that's a great guy to learn from because demar came in the same way he was a one-handed player and over a summer added his left hand and now i don't know uh nick you you love to watch floaters and break them down demar's lefty floater is might be as good as his righty floater yeah, I, I've had to accept Demar's game. <laughs> I just feel like hmm. I didn't like it. I never liked it. I couldn't really. It's just the the mid range stuff. And uh, but at his size and his elevation on those shots, they are they are good shots, and you can rate them really well. And you know, I know I was I'm in the middle of reading um, uh, Sprawl Ball by um, Kirk Goldsberry, and um, he was going over, like, the difference in the values and why we wouldn't want to shoot those threes. But he, he did mention in that book how, like, the Spurs, I believe he did, is but the Spurs, no, actually he didn't. Somewhere else I was reading it, sorry. Uh, the Spurs had the top three offensive rating in the league, and they shot more, you know, um, mid-range than anybody. Yeah. Well, because, you know, and, and people get tired of hearing me say this, but it's the great shot over the good shot, and the good shot over the okay shot like it's just it's increments of better quality shots they're looking for that open shot i mean they shot the fewest threes in the league led the league in three-point percentage now if right. they took more threes that would probably drop right. because you're going to take you know lesser looks they're not going to be as good so you know it, it works for them they're going to they're going to be a top 10 offense again this year yeah. My, my prediction, by the way, for Derek White is I'm sure he'll be 37, 38% from three. I bet you if he gets normal minutes, that goes up to five a game. Uh, and that's a threat. He'll just be a guy that will space the floor, knowing how the, the uh, Spurs offense runs generally when it's not doing, you know, the um, uh, DeMar DeRozan, uh, the Marcus Aldridge game. But um, so I think he'll benefit from that. I'm really excited because everyone's forgotten about the Spurs again. Is there like a we need to have like a bell, you know, that you ring when everyone forgets about the Spurs every freaking year and then they're in the playoffs. But by the way, is that I think the bell might be the same tone as the Blazers bell when we forget about them, too. Um, you know what I mean? I, you know what? I, last year I said this is the last time I I underestimate the Blazers and I'm never picking against pop again. I, I have I have the Spurs penciled in as my eight seed today, mm -hmm. uh, barring any kind of unforeseen change. I think that's what we're at. Like the West to me is just locked. You know, everyone knows the top seven. The eighth seed was kind of where we were figure, trying to figure out who it's going to be. I think it's the Spurs. It's you just going to be the Spurs. For, until the heat death of the universe, Spurs are going to be in the playoffs. That's and it. You, and you don't think the Mavericks are going to be in the playoffs then? No. no. Okay. Come on. A seven-foot guy coming off an AC, ACL surgery. Is yeah. he going to be ready for the start of the year? He should be, but like what is he going to be? I don't we don't know. know. It's pretty damn good, you know. I mean, I'm assuming ACLs, maybe. you know. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, I was watching him in April do his post-up drills, and he looked powerful and scary as hell. I think okay. for him, the big concern is how does he look as a perimeter attack? How do you look in that maybe bar fight? His... <laughs> exactly. Not great. I mean, what was <laughs> no. It looked powerful there. Question. But no. it's a it's a legit question. Is he going to be more of a back to the basket type player this year because he can't handle you know working off the dribble from the top of the key as well? Um, so well, yeah, that limits he may not that be optimized, ceiling, right? Like if he if he can't pop in the in the pick and roll, and he can't spot up, 
because you know he he's no threat to attack. So you can actually guard him out on the three point line. Then what is he? Well, he's so at his height and with his release point, I don't think that matters a ton. He still is a useful spot up guy if he's still sure the ball well. But, but part of what allowed him to be wide open on a lot of threes is that you had to worry about him putting it on the floor. And if you don't have to worry about that now, it, it takes a year for these guys to come back from the ACL tears. Especially bigs, you know, like that's hit or miss anyway. I, I just don't expect it this year. I think they're going to be fine and probably make the playoffs the following season, which is what it's all about anyway. Fair enough. Well, you know what? It's time to demand more from your workout gear, just like you want to demand more from the Mavericks this coming up season. And there's no better company that does that than No Bull. Uh, do you guys work out a lot? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. And so, no you know, bull. like that, when I, I can't get over like the dry fit, you know, that, that feeling of, you know, that when, it, when it's a really good feeling, you know, made material. And I now have a No Bull, like it's actually a, a long sleeve t shirt. This has to be all the rage coming up, right? Long sleeve t shirts to me are amazing. Uh, do you have any of those guys? Any of those? Yeah, long sleeve, it's great because. It's airy. It's light enough that you can wear it even when it's hot. It also keeps the sun off you. It's good. Yeah. So uh, I love it. I, I wear it all the time now. Everyone asks me about, like, what does it mean when it says no bull? And I tell them about it. And uh, it's designed for cross-training, weightlifting, intervals, cardio, and whatever else your training can dish out. And so that it's got it's, it's the f- fabric is durable, breathable, and abrasion resistant. I think that's the key. The abrasion resistant stuff really makes it feel great. Um, and so if you want that simple, durable, and functional training gear, you have to visit nobullproject.com/breakdown. It's training gear for people who work hard and don't believe in excuses. So go to nobullproject.com/breakdown and get your gear today. That is N-O-B-U-L-L-P-R-O-J-E-C-T dot com backslash breakdown, and you will get your gear there. So, um, And that's no about, bull. And it's no bull. Uh, and what else is no oh, bull shit. is having you here, Dave. And by the way, I want to make sure I shout out Jigglepuff for doing the moderation. He is out there like uh, Batman, the bat signal. And we had some nice words from Poker Paparazzi in the, in the uh, comments so right now. So make sure you guys ask some questions because I think we're going to take some at some point because there's not a lot going on out there. We need some, we need some inspiration. Oh, it's dead period. Totally. Uh, all right. Can we talk about movies? Have, have you guys seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Twice. It's beautiful, right? Well, I had to see it the second time because I didn't like it as much the first time. And when I did see it again the second time, I did feel uh, a lot of the issues were to go away. Because, but here's the thing: it's about forty minutes too long. I disagree. And I think, think it, if they cut the forty minutes, it makes it a perfect movie. Make it forty minutes longer. Give me more. <laughs> okay. I, Leo yeah. is incredible in that movie. I'll just I, I want to watch what was it? Lancer was that the name of the TV show they were making? Him and Oliphant. I, I want to watch a full-length movie of that. Yeah. It's incredible. No, that, that was great. Uh, here's the thing. I, I think I like Brad Pitt more. Be, and by the way, you haven't seen it, right, Jared? Oh, wait. We don't yeah, want to no spoil, spoil it. No too right, hard. We're not, we're not really going to spoil it. But, uh, hey, listen, probably everybody I mean, else. I was aware Brad Pitt was in the movie. So, but, but I, I'll Timothy tell you. Timothy Olyphant's not going to ruin it for me. What's really, really scary is, like, he channels Robert Redford in this movie so much, almost to the point where it's like they're – it's the same guy, and he's on the roof in a scene where he's just sort of doing something, repairs. And it's like it's it, it, they do a close-up. It's Robert Redford. It's crazy. Um, and by the way, there isn't a bigger aficionado of that, that era and that culture of L.A. than me. And I studied the whole, like, Manson thing. 
So I was really excited about that. And I felt that what, what they did there without really spoiling anything was really creative and interesting. I wanted, so I would have taken 40 more minutes of living in that realm and cutting back and forth to that versus dealing with like, you know, when we see the Al Pacino's character, I think that could just go away. And I'm almost to the point where I'm wondering if Al Pacino reached out and said, Hey, I want to be in your movie. And he just sort of like shoved in a whole, you know, section of this movie just for him to be in. Hey, listen, if Al wants to be in my movie, I'll write a, I'll write a movie. Just put him in it, whatever okay. he wants. Fair enough. Yeah, when Pacino gives you a call, you got to get you can't say no, and you can't cut him out. You can't do all that stuff. So, uh, do you think that they filmed the whole Italy uh, sequence? Oh, I bet they did. I bet they made a spaghetti western. Yeah, and they just had to cut it because it was going to be four and a half yeah. hours. Yeah, it'll be on the Blu-ray. There's going to be like ten hours of content. I know that. I know that he actually wrote like three episodes of the TV show. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be awesome. I'm pumped for that. Anyway, all right. Sorry. Jared, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the movie for you. Well, this part I'm enjoying, but the YouTube commenters are uh, they're, they're ready. Yeah, for I don't. I also don't want to spoil it for them. Oh, really? Uh, I don't wait. I don't see. Uh, okay, I'm looking for them. I don't see anything about this movie commenting. Maybe I'm behind. Okay. Uh, well, you know, is there another subject we can grasp onto? Uh, I mean, we got a few moment. interesting questions here. I mean, we have okay. uh, first question: Jaron Jackson Jr. ceiling floor go. Uh, ceiling is Tim Duncan. Floor is um, uh, two time All Star. Like okay, floor could be High something floor, like yeah. Randall. No, Maybe. no, I, I think he's already better than Julius Randall. Yeah, you you really think? I mean, okay, listen, I, I'm not going to you know defend Julius Randall to the you know to the hilt, but you, the guy is like a, a 23 and 11 guy, right? And with like four who gives assists. up? Who gives up 43? Defense, defense. We're, we're, uh, okay. We don't talk See, about. Well, defense, this is the thing. That, so, Jaron Jackson is is a defensive savant. I mean, he yeah. he has a chance. Like, if he could become Kevin Durant, like, or not Kevin Durant. Sorry, Kevin Garnett. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So Memphis actually brought in Garnett to work with Jaron Jackson. That's a perfect guy for him to work with. Um, I, I do think that like he has all time sort of potential. Okay. Uh, I, I like that. I, I'm I'm really intrigued, and this is this is the year to see like what he can do now that he's got his feet wet. Uh, you know what what is he going to add this year and come in with like more confidence? All those things we normally would see. Like Jaron Jackson probably is the kind of guy that benefits from playing right now with FIBA. Wait, is he playing with him right now? He's not, is he? No. Um, no. Okay. Everyone else is out. I don't know why the team. too. I think he's already as good as Miles Turner, and Turner's on the team, so I don't know why he's not. See, I, I wouldn't yeah. say that yet. I think he's, I think, or maybe by the end of next season, I think maybe. he'll be as good as where Miles Turner is. Maybe. Now. Miles yeah. Turner's really good. He's good. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with Turner just because I scouted him so much uh, last year in the playoffs because the Celtics played them. And in the playoffs, I mean, he he's just, he's not a consistent enough offensive player for me to feel really good about him. Defensively, he, uh, he checks off almost every box that you want your five to check off. I mean, he could be. He definitely could be a little bit better on either handily being on an island or being more aggressive in pick and roll schemes. But generally, he does everything defensively you want out of a five. But he's just he gets into these grooves where he can score out of the post or he can score out of the pick and pop. But he just isn't you can't count on him as a part of your offense yet. And yeah. I mean, he's still really young, so obviously he can, he can get there. But Jackson, yeah. he just seems to me like someone who is I mean, like 
what made KG KG was he was dominant on a nightly basis and he knew right. on a nightly basis what part of his game was going. And that's what I guess most, you know, superstar players have anyway. And Jackson, I feel like he's dynamic enough that he could be that guy. Like he seems that he can already attack from the perimeter or is already clearly projectable as a perimeter attacker that will make him that kind of, you know, potentially Garnet level player. But obviously KG just had like, he could get to any kind of shot from anywhere on the floor. That's what made him so special. Yeah. Oh, okay. Another good question uh, from friend of the breakdown. Adam Spinella asked uh, next year's breakout star who has never been an all-star before and isn't Zion is, and maybe it's, we just talked about him, but is there anybody else in that list? Darren Fox. Ah, exactly. exactly. Now, okay. Yes. Cause he, well, you know, is he going to make an all-star team in the West? So that's the tough part is that the West is stacked and you know, like, Russell Westbrook is probably still going to make the all-star game. Oh, and by the way, the question doesn't necessarily even mean that he will be an all-star, but he's just going to be a breakout star. So yeah, yeah so we can still apply that. Uh, by the way, that yeah. now that's an interesting thing. So if Fox can, can make this super duper year three leap, could the Kings be the eighth seed instead of the Spurs? Sure. Yeah. I mean, they got Corey Joseph, so they're pretty much a playoff team now. Right. So he doesn't miss the playoffs. They're, they're very, they have like pretty solid, depth i think harry giles is a big part of that question is he going to be a big contributor or is his career kind of just because of his knee history always be kind of like a you know like a 20 minute a night kind of guy but i mean he people continue to forget that his talent's insane and bagley made tremendous progress throughout the year too you know fox got the attention because he was just so dominant out the gate but i thought bagley really started to get a feel for things last year and he seems like the kind of guy that give him a summer to really practice you know, attacking NBA defenses and learning how to defend. And, like, he can come back as a total monster year two. So, like, both him and Fox seem like they're just, like, as David Griffin would put it, have a rocket in their ass. Okay, I like that. Uh, that's a good way to put it. Um, so, Darren Fox, I certainly would vote for him. And I really can't wait to see that backcourt, too. I think Buddy Heald also is, uh, is poised to continue to, to break out and become another backcourt that – could you know? I'm not. They're not. Maybe they'll give Dame and CJ a run for their money at that level, and then you know certainly Steph and Clay. But they could you know be right, right there. And more importantly, like when they end up playing uh, Steph and Clay, give that really hurt them and really cause problems for them when Clay gets healthy. And on, certainly it's going. They're going to Dame and, and CJ are going to have a really hard time stopping those guys. So that's what I'm really looking forward to is how those those backcourts are going to go at each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest topic of conversation, right? Like that we've had in the last few weeks has been about ranking backcourts, ranking okay. duos. And, and I think Fox and Heald have a really good shot at being on that list when we're talking about, you know, dynamic duos. I mean, they're both really good and clearly dynamic. I mean, did you guys see that dunk from USA practice today from no. De'Aaron Fox? Oh, it's insane. <laughs> it was, it was it's so nuts. ridiculous. Yeah. Off, it's... off the wall through the legs. Oh, for Darren I saw yeah. that. Okay. Yes. And uh, last year he had bounce. I mean, he like when he was on the break, he would get up there and throw down tomahawks. But we're seeing that his athleticism is improving more and more because when he was coming out of college, we thought that he was really quick and a good finisher that could get up there and like get finger rolls off. But now we're seeing he's, he looks like a power dunker, like a wing. And to have that kind of finishing capability, there's only, I mean, how many guards, whether at the one or the two in the league, have that kind of finishing capability? It's not not Russell Westbrook, obviously, but it's like that 
almost in that class. And that's that's extremely rare. And that's what makes you so that's what's made Donovan Mitchell a budding superstar. I mean, there's very few of those kind of guys. And especially, you know, coming, I guess, like when that generation takes over, it seems like there's even less and less of those guys because there's so many shooters and so many perimeter based players entering the league. So that could be the new inefficiency that they attack is just guys that could finish over everybody at the rim. Yeah. yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Um, did you guys go to school for eighth grade? I, I never made it past seventh grade. Sorry. No, what about you, Dave? I mean, yes. You were in eighth grade? Okay. I was too. I'm like, what, what was the really cool thing, though, when you guys were like in eighth grade that you had to do, had to have? Like the uh, Pokemon? I wanted no. GTA really bad. You want, um, you, want, you what? I wanted Grand Theft Auto. I had an Xbox, and it wasn't eighth, on Xbox. Eighth grade was 1994. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Young. 1994, I think, was eighth grade. Yeah. yeah. So I can't remember. Life? Six. It was. It was literally like I don't know. I, I cared about basketball and I cared about girls. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was the same way. I think. I think. You know, I'm trying to think of like what we what we really loved. Here's one thing. I actually was a trendsetter to some degree, fashion wise. I started wearing my watch on my belt loop, and people started to do that. It was crazy. And um, so I, that was the cool thing there. But you know what's really cool now these days Dear is Fox. Bombas socks. Oh, yeah. These things, it's not that surprising either because they're the most comfortable socks ever. Uh, and they're colorful, literally bursting with color. They even have a little colorful B on them. So Bombas, I don't know. Have you guys ever had any contact with Bombas socks before? I haven't. I, what are I they actually, made out of? I, I have, and I'm not getting paid to say this. They're they're actually pretty amazing socks. Yeah, <laughs> like they're, they're they're actually worth it. Yeah, especially because they're designed with several comfort innovations that help make them feel better than any other kid sock ever made. So they also donate a pair of socks for every pair purchased. So you should get yourself some too, because I wear them every day, and they really are really comfortable. Um, and the way to get them would be to go to bombas.com slash breakdown and you'll get 20% off your first purchase. 20%. Yes. So it's a, it's a win-win situation all the way around. Cause remember like John Wooden is always stressed how important it is to take care of your feet and having your socks on properly. And that's, if you want to go there to that website, it is B O M B A S.com slash breakdown 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash breakdown. Yeah. Uh, by the way, they also for every item purchased, they also donate one item. I'm looking at their website right now. That's pretty cool. That's they been do. like a big. That's been like a part of their mission ever since the beginning. That's awesome. Yeah, I like really that. Help them, and I, I like I'm that in. the corporate, you know, corporate philanthropy is a big part of the business model nowadays. And well, listen, people treating other people with respect and doing nice things is such is like I think we just could use a little bit more of that, no matter what, wherever we are. That's why we brought Dave Devore here. Yes. Well, he's yeah. doing the nice thing for us, I think, right? When oh, yeah. Which totally throwing you guys a bone. Yeah. yeah. And Definitely. shout out to the YouTube commenters who are complaining about an ad read during a free live show. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I was, I was going to actually just comment in the YouTube comments because I didn't want to derail us. But just uh, come on. Come yeah. on. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like you don't know it's coming. You guys, this is what we do. This is how I do it. I, I, and I believe I'm one of the goats here of integrating ads. Hey, so, I will tell so. you right now. That that transition to the ad read was beautiful. I was like, I had no idea it was a roller coaster. I had no idea where you were going when you yeah. asked us about eighth grade. I was like, is there some up and coming eighth grade phenom I need to know about that I don't know about? What is happening here? 
Yeah. And then Beautiful. boom, you got to yeah, loosen them up. It's kind of like what Quentin Tarantino does. He, you know, he kind of gets you laughing a little bit, makes it funny, and then all of a sudden just exposes you to the most gruesome, <laughs> um, you know, violence you can ever imagine. Not that that uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has it that way, but certainly Django and, um, you know, uh, Reservoir Dogs and whatnot uh, do that to you. So, um, right, well, shout out to Random Dude, which is a great name, by the way, for saying that uh we need to make money because we work hard goddamn yes. right well you know what 10 Random o'clock on a, a thursday night here and i still have to go out after this so yes yeah, so you have to karaoke but you know what karaoke can wait for a little bit longer because random dude had a good question do you think the nets will ever win an nba title how will kd come back um guys thoughts no, no i no. don't i don't think they will that's it yeah, uh i mean the curse okay, of dr so, j no here, i just think that, oh well they won't I'm assuming they mean with this Kyrie KD iteration. I can't can't predict what might happen 50 years from now. Uh, you know when LeBron James the fourth is playing for the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yeah, okay. or when Bronny Bronny Jr. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well here let's go through what's like the checklist that needs to happen for that for them to win. So well, Kyrie and KD Kyrie, are healthy. Kyrie needs to take that make that ascension that didn't quite happen in Boston that it looked like he was kind of getting to last year and then everything fell apart. Which is, you know, definitely something that can happen. He's entering his like people forget he's entering his prime age now. So there's a lot more room for him to grow. He as efficient as his shooting numbers are, as someone who covered him up close for the last couple of years, his shooting selection is not that efficient. It's pretty good, but it's not nearly as good as it could be. So there's a lot of room for him to grow there. There's a lot of decision making improvement that he can make to become like a 30 point score. And then so that's the first thing that needs to happen. KD needs to come back next year and be great pretty much right away because their optimal window to win is basically in years two and three of this deal. Uh, the likelihood of that happening is very low because of his age, but there's probably a pretty good chance that two years from now he'll still be in his prime at age. Would that be 33 or 34 at that point? 33, yeah. 33. Right? Yeah, so 33, I think he'd be at the tail end of his prime, and he's seven feet tall, so he can he can stretch his prime out and just kind of change his play style over the years to accommodate for it. But obviously our big concern is that at his age, he is still able to literally just drive down the middle and jump over five people and throw it down. If he loses that, how great is he? Still great, but maybe not great enough to carry you. Right. And then I think Karis LeVert has to really ascend into being like a – He's got to be a third guy. Yeah, he's got to be like a De- DeMar DeRozan type score or offensive player, maybe. I'm trying to think of like a good comparison, but he's got to be like a Jimmy Butler, DeMar DeRozan level player, like a, you know, maybe not necessarily like a really good three point shooter, but someone with a really sharp mid range game who can just wreak havoc in the post or like a Joe Johnson. Yeah, that, well, Joe Johnson's a much better shooter than those guys. So, uh, but Lavert, yeah, Lavert, I'm not sold on, but Lavert, I think, has ability, especially just speaking by virtue of playing in this era, will will shoot more threes, will sure. probably get better at shooting more threes. You know, by the way, let me ask you this because I keep talking about this with other people. Like I, the, the the future of okay, you all saw Steph get handled right and then dunked on, or he didn't get dunked on, but right that seven footer, we all sure. saw that. Yeah. So the seven foot, you know, high school kid went around the back through legs, whatever, by, by him, and then dunked it. So we're, that's going to be the future of the NBA, right? The center position will have ball handlers, and we're probably going to have teams that will have five 40 percent three point shooters at the same time, right? Like, like sure, five if years they don't from move now, ten years from line, now, yeah, yeah. maybe. Maybe. Now, but yeah, I, I agree yeah. that the center, you know, with, with the ascension of Jokic and Cat. Um, if Porzingis, if he gets back into that class, I mean that you're definitely going to have the center 
be like the maybe the primary perimeter attacker for sure. I think that's that's definitely a, a big part of the future. And, and I we think have Evan Mobley the... coming into the league too, who's who could be another one of those type of players. Right. And, and so, and the point being that like the game already doesn't resemble what it was in the '90s. And I think if that were to happen, it really won't resemble anything we're watching now. Because in theory, if you have five 40% three-point shooters and they all handle the ball then I, I don't know. I, my, my impression that it's completely just really spread out, right? And really just attacking off the dribble and drive a kick, drive a kick, like no post, no nothing. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know what it looks like, but it's probably a lot, even the three-point percentage uh, frequency is going to go up as well, which is crazy. I don't know. It, it just seems crazy to me, but it seems and, like that's what we're moving towards. And that's probably. what Jared Allen is going to do for the 2022 champion he, Brooklyn right. Nets. He's working on that, right? I assume so. I mean, yeah. I think he he needs to learn how to do anything besides pick and roll, uh, you know, lob catching. Essentially, at this right. point, he needs to develop some semblance of a of a creative offensive game. But I he's guess. he's got crazy talent. And well, how tall is he? Six ten with, and then the fro also. Yeah, so yeah. he's big enough to so be like set, a shot. He's player. like seven ten with the fro. Yeah. Exactly. I he's, mean, he's, he's got a huge of fletch. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the question. That's the answer to that question. Do, any other questions we see here as we start to uh, move toward closer to the end in the beginning? Oh, yeah. uh, random dude with another great question. What do you think of Rodion's Kuruks? Oh, he's, he's good. He, yeah, he's like a good sixth man on a playoff team. You know, you know, he might start right. He's no Musa. <laughs> That That's guy's a, a flamethrower, man. Musa was the guy that I was really high on coming into the draft. Oh, he was injured. And then, he was yeah, injured. Yeah, and that's tough for a rookie. I like um I, I hate to I hate to pump Summer League up, but uh Musa was ridiculous at Summer League. Like he was way too good to be out there. Uh and, and with KD out this year, they're gonna actually need that shooting, his scoring. So I, I think it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a breakout year for Musa. So okay. does that make Brooklyn one of the deepest teams in the NBA if he breaks out and Kubrick maintains what he was that's doing pretty last good. year? I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Because I feel like they're like their high-end talent without KD healthy this year doesn't seem like they're a top-five seed at this point, but their depth really could be what makes it happen for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, the way I look at it is they will be better, and they were a, a sixth seed, right? So they have to be better than that, right? And so it's got to be fifth, fourth anyway, right? I, even without KD. Indiana, Boston, Milwaukee, and Sixers definitely seem like they could be the top four teams. Indiana, it's really hard to know what to expect out of them. Um, Miami, are you sure about Boston? Well, so those I think those are the most likely top four teams. Sure. But okay, yeah, I mean the East can go any direction with whether it's Brooklyn or Miami. Maybe Orlando continues to improve. Oh, I got another breakout guy. Okay, Bam Adebayo. Ooh, Speaking like of that teams that could actually pop a little bit more than we expect, Miami could be in that mix if Bam takes off. Yeah, now, now you're giving me flashbacks. This is the same thing you said when he was coming out, I think, right? Yeah. So well, he's, he's, he was well, he's severely been underrated. The yeah, yeah, yeah. And his he's uh, they, they were showing footage of like uh, guys playing King of the Court at Team USA practice, and he looked amazing. Like his post skills are getting so much better. I didn't think he really had any post skills. Uh, when he was in college, not that much. And now he's showing like a pretty, like he's got some creative, you know, kind of feel it out turns. He's got a good fadeaway jumper. So like he, and he, and he can work pretty well in the pick and roll. So if that three really is coming along, he could score from three phases of the court. He becomes a, a very, very dynamic playing pick and roll with, uh, with both Butler and Dragic. He could, right. he could have a huge year. 
Now, and he can have, handle in transition too. We no, have yeah. a we have a super chat. I want to make sure I take care of. Thank you so much from hey, Scrooler. Awesome, awesome name and awesome uh, super chat. Thank you so much for being generous there. And as a result, he gets the question right to the top of the uh, the list. Does it's two questions? Does the NBA need to get rid of the three step slash gather rule? Giannis Giannis driving to the hoop makes the game look silly. Same with Harden's step back. It's not so. It's one question. Um, you know, he considers the gather a three steps. When you know, I you know ad nauseum trying to explain why it's not three steps. Uh, they're not going to get rid of that. I think the answer is no. Would you all agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I do think there is a traveling problem in the league. Okay. Um, and I think it does need to be addressed, but that one isn't the one like, that's not the one to single out there. There's some egregious traveling in particular pivot foot violations and things yeah. like that. Like you could, you could clean the game up quite a bit by just calling some of that. Uh, I only really care when guy gains an advantage though. So, you know, give me all those Corey Brewer seven <laughs> steps with the ball up. You know, I, I don't, I don't care about that. How is this different from what LeBron has been doing for the last 15 years? I, I think it's pretty much exactly the same thing, right? Yeah. And LeBron, LeBron with his crab dribble move, you could even argue was maybe even abusing it to a degree that these guys aren't quite as much. Um, you know, I think I think the main thing where you could argue there's travels is when the foot slides on like usually the second step. And maybe right. they can be a little bit more judicious and cracking down on that, or maybe be a little bit more judicious on cracking down on spin moves because most spin moves are not legal. It's usually a two foot jump. It's very rare that a guy really is pivoting on his heel. So maybe that's where they start, you know, making points of education in the next year or two. Um, but you know what? The league is not going to crack down on anything Giannis is doing because Giannis is emerging as maybe the most valuable, like the fifth most valuable star the NBA has really ever had right? because of his international appeal, because of how much he's bringing in from all around the world. And I mean, and because he's with a small market team and he's making, he's making the small market teams not upset because it's showing if you draft well, you can have that ultra marketable star. So we'll see when he goes to the Lakers in two years, you know, maybe that'll change, but uh, yeah, they're not going to, they're not going to legislate out anything that Giannis is doing because Giannis is like an absolute highlight machine. He's a great heir apparent to LeBron. Yeah. Um, and we don't want to change it. But, you know, when all these seven footers that are attacking that we're talking about, when they start doing Euro steps that cover 20 feet of ground, maybe teams are going to start complaining about it more and more. And it starts to happen. It really, because it all, it all depends. It's not about what the public thinks. Nobody gives a crap about the public. It's about, it's, it's literally about the coaches and GMs like sending angry emails to Adam Silver and Kiki Vanderway and yep. Ronnie McCutcheon. Yeah. That's, that's all that dictates it. And then it comes up at competition committee meetings and executive committee meetings and stuff like that. That's how these things really happen. Well, that's it. Well, you know, we, I want to, let's start a website like stop the traveling.com and we'll start <laughs> amassing all these clips together. And that will finally make some noise, and maybe we'll have some influence. I think I don't want. I three. don't want to stop the traveling. I, I like. I like the traveling. I think that the. I think the Harden setback is kind of bullshit, and I think that you know him promising that he has like a super travel move that he's going to break out this year. I'm very excited to see that. Yeah. But I. I don't. I, what I like is guys advancing forward, trying to use long strides. So anything that encourages that, I'm all in favor of. It's the guys that are trying to do the little cheap moves or, you know, using hooks or elbows. And stuff uh, the like hooks, that. That's the, the thing that you shouldn't, that's what yeah. you should be taking out. I, I would rather see them clean up the push-offs on drives. I mean, you've talked about LeBron, like LeBron's entire career has, he's gotten away with strong arming with that left arm 
and I'd rather see that cleaned up because it just yeah. makes it so you, like you literally cannot guard him because he he's allowed to get away with an offensive foul. I, I, clean that up first, and then we okay. can talk about travel. I mean, the, right, message, so- the message to us our entire lives is all about you need to play with your footwork and your decision-making, your technique, not using physicality to cheat. So I think now it's – I mean, maybe they're getting – to the other end of the spectrum there and that's the issue but i think that we're still at the kind of we're still within the bounds of reasonableness okay so also credit to melbeck Celion for saying hard in his peak adventurer that's just a that's poetry all right well based on what dave says okay the website probably then should be stop lebron offensive fouls.com and you know i want to make this website and if i need to do that there's no other place to go to than wix (laughs) to design this website because they have over 140 million other uh, 141 million customers that use Wix and publish their, their websites, and you can start and publish for free. So that'd be awesome for this one. Choose from over 500 stunning templates, stunning, and unlimited storage. The design is so easy to use with drag and drop technology that in only a few minutes you'll be having all sorts of clips of LeBron James dislodging and pushing guys out of the way and no call left and right and, then, and getting you know, you, fouled on the way yeah. to the hoop too. Yeah, okay, fine, fair enough. And all the you know travels and the gathers from Harden will throw those in there on a separate page because you can do that really easily with Wix. Um, it's it's the best way to you know if you want if you want to make a point a statement have a beautiful looking web uh, website Wix will do that for you with their artificial intelligence and built in SEO that makes sure that every search engine can find your site easily and best of all you can save ten percent off your yearly premium plan if you head over to Wix.com/podcast Wix the place to create professional websites there you go right. um, so you know I guess I'll have to start it now I'll have to get registered and whatever and get going with that so. Uh, stop LeBron offensive files.com. It rolls rough a tongue. By the way, Kawhi is also. Oh, uh, he's the worst. Yeah, he's really, really bad about but, but it. But for the so. traveling, traveling, not the offensive foul. Well, the offensive foul, too. He, he gets away with that same oh, left yeah. hand. Yeah. Interesting. He's really I good about thinking that. in a push off. It, it, it's it's usually off of the the coach Nick method, as we like to call it here, which is instead of doing the usual left right one two step into the shot, a lot of the time uh, it'll the do hop. the short stop with the yeah like it, or it'll just be not even like the hop but just stopping short in your stride and kind of going into your back foot into the shot. And a lot of the time you'll see if he's doing that with his left foot. He'll kind of do a little bit of a push off to give himself just that little bit of clearance that he needs. Interesting, interesting. Well, you know, my new obsession these days is the right-left spot-up shot for righties. Not going to your left, just like spotting up versus left-right. And I think that that one that might be better than left-right than the, with oh the more quote-unquote natural. I'm seeing it happen more and more organically. And I'm starting to think that when you anchor the shooting foot first, you, you eliminate some extra of the Z-axis rotation that you might get when you're doing a left-right into the air. And um, I, it's weird, I know, but try it, Dave, when you get in the court next time. I you will, might, yeah. You might realize, because here's the thing. I've shown it to some D1 guys, like really good shooters, and they all start to kind of like, you know, rub their chin a little bit and start thinking like, hmm, there, there's something there. And, uh, you know, maybe we've been doing it wrong in what we consider natural in terms of stepping into a shot. Um, and, and this could be another way of improving your percentage. Yeah, maybe. I just think about throwing a baseball and, and how awkward it would be to step forward first with the 
Yeah. Yeah. The, the, so. Yeah. But I've seen kids do that. And then we spend a lot of time when they're youth, you know, training and not to do that. Just like we train them not to go uh, jump, you know, j- jump off the off foot for an off foot layup. Right. We, right. You know, and they naturally will do off foot layups with five, six, seven. And then we spend their entire childhood saying, no, you got to go off the left foot for the right hand layup. And it turns out they need that off foot layup when they get older and we they don't have it. So. Uh, try it, play with it. It's provocative, but I think there's something there, and I think people uh, might have to open their eyes a little bit and try it out and see. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. I, you know me. I'm always uh, the basketball court's a laboratory, so I'm I'm down for checking it out. Love it, love it. Well, you know what? I think this experiment went uh, very well uh, today. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad I was around for one. Yeah. You know, it's it's often it's really nice when you can just say, hey, uh, a minute before you're about to launch. Hey, let's just see if Dave's around. And, and there here he was. Dave, where <laughs> Wait, do we, we find you these days? Because, you know, we used to do all these together and, and now you're not here anymore. But well, you know, I, I moved up in the world. No, I'm just yes. Yeah, you know. uh, I mean, the athletic, you know, I'm, I'm hosting the back to back podcast over there. Nerder, she wrote, uh, you know, usually once a week, although it's a dry it's a dry time of the summer now. So. Now, your uh, podcast, being part of the Athletic, is still free. It's not behind up a paywall, right? No, it is behind the paywall. Oh, so you have you to gotta pay. subscribe to the Athletic. It's three dollars a month, and we just added to... all this soccer coverage. Oh wow! Well, it's is there incredible. a way to save any money by trying to subscribe to you if you give them something? I don't have a promo code right now. Oh, but... then just go to then just go to one of my articles. And sign yeah, up there, but... I have yeah. a promo code. I think I, I think my code's Coach Nick because you know I have a weekly uh, video there on the Athletic as that's well. That's it, right? We're all part of the same family. And Jerry, amazing uh, we're all under the Athletic umbrella. Yeah, yeah, they're taking <laughs> over. So, all right, well, great stuff, Dave. Uh, again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I miss you already, Jared. I miss you, uh, but I'm nice we, to see you back home in your regular. We gigs. we we have a couple super chats we have to get to. Oh crap! I, you know what? I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh my it's god! Right. I'll read them out. Listen, so, listen. We know who's running the show here. Jared, yes. not only not only super, super co-host, but also super producer. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, and then you, give, give a shot at pronouncing his name, uh, Jared. So I'm going to go with your Manrick Gudum. Apologies if I got that wrong. I think I did a pretty decent job at that. So yeah. two questions. Chance, Luca, and KP win the ship together. Slava Ukraini. And then thoughts on Svime Kylik and Alex Len. Len seems a beast interesting time to have that take on alex len um i know the uh, our our, uh, our athletic uh hawksby writer uh chris kirshner i think he had len as the starting center still if i'm not mistaken well you know i, oh, I was looking at his numbers Dave's reaction was exactly my reaction for one i'm gonna quickly check to make sure alex len is still on the Atlanta, alex len average <laughs> wait a minute time out in 20 minutes a game last year for Atlanta, he averaged two and a half over two and a half threes a game attempted and made 36. Oh, yeah. percent That's been like the big shocker is that like he he it, there's something about the water in Atlanta because Dwayne Dedman became a three point shooter there. Len is adding that touch. I mean, Len yeah, is hang on, but listen, yeah, but he left an awful organization that clearly doesn't know what in the fuck it's doing on a basketball court, and he went and he went to a place where they are clearly on the upswing and they're full of smart people. Like, I'm not surprised that Alex Lynn all of a sudden discovered, oh, oh shit, I got a little bit of touch on my jump shot. Guess yeah. what? He, he came in the league. That was one of the things people talked about. He yeah. got a nice touch. So why wouldn't you have that guy shooting threes? Right. This is not Shaquille O'Neal. Like, have well, and, him shoot some threes. And I, I will say this. 25 I, threes before last season. Yeah. In the last yeah. season, he took 204. And I will say this, going through the footage for Jeremy Lin, the video I did a few days ago that went viral, um, 
so <laughs> many of his dimes for Alex Len. And so I don't know what's going to happen with Alex Len this year because he literally was just getting dunks and dunks for days on Lynn drives. And without him, I suppose that's going to be Trey Young territory now, and he'll learn from that and figure that out too. Um, and if that's the case, yeah, Len's 11 points per game is going to go to 15, 16, and he'll probably get eight or nine rebounds. And that's, you know, that's pretty good for a starting center on no matter, you know, where you, you are. Well, you know, yeah. what's amazing is so Len lost the starting spot early in the year and then kind of gained it back for the last 20 games. He averaged 15 and a half points and shot 40 percent from three. On and five by, yeah, and that has to be with Lynn uh, a lot of those games, too, at, at, at the end of the season. Oh, no, never mind, because he went to Toronto. No, Lynn was gone at yes. that point. Uh, you know? So, but either way. So, yeah, so there you go. So they've already solved that and figured out how to make that work because the guy, yeah, I mean, the guy, he's a he's like that Clint Capella kind of guy. And I think it's, again, like we mentioned earlier in the, the, the show about how they're going to have a ball handling center is that we're going to shoot threes. Uh, I, I wonder if the, the Alex Lens are going to be the dinosaurs. The Clint Capellas are going to be the dinosaurs. You're simply not going to have them. They're going to end up having more guard-like guys going, you know, in the next five, six years. I don't know. I Listen, Trey, I, I want to blame Trey Young for Alex Len looking like a decent basketball player last year. I think Trey Young might be another one of these rising tide guys. He's going to he's gonna take guys like Len and, yeah. and make them useful. And, and so I'm going to give him the credit. Okay. Because, no, by the way, we're, we're talking about Darren Fox, but Trey Young, you know, had a monster year. Uh, you know, after the, the initial slow part of it, he really, you know, cleaned up in the last several months of the year. So, you know, he's a guy that could be better than all of them. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Y'all got me excited now about basketball. Absolutely. 70, 75 days to go. Is that right? No. <laughs> 75 Til days. Till when? Till the season starts. Till like preseason or till the no, season? No, regular season. Nobody really? cares about preseason. 75 days? That's it? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going on vacation right now for about nine days starting tomorrow. So I'm yeah. going to get Where are you going? In. I'm Where are you going, going to Hawaii, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that, and I just was uh, had a little mini vacation. So I, I don't know. I'm taking it easy, guys. I'm uh, I'm just uh, spending all that uh, <laughs> live read money. I suppose yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah Bomba okay. stocks. They'll be in your Bombas, make, working on your Wix website as we answer. I guess uh, our last question tonight is: <laughs> Will Luca and KP ever win a ship together? Dave, no. I want to hear your smiling thoughts? No. no. Okay, it's not going to happen. Luca and KP. Believe. I don't know. Why not? I just don't think it's going to happen. happen. Sir, uh, okay, anything could happen. Oh, sure. That's right. sure. But I just don't think it's going to happen. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I, give it a, I give it a legit shot. But then again, it's like I don't think that Simmons and Embiid will ever win a championship. I agree. So well, who, 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 is, who has a better shot at winning a championship between the two of those duos? Irrespective Simmons of whatever they have around them. Okay. Simmons and Embiid. I would agree with that, even though I'm, I'm – there's, uh, there's more talent. There's more talent. Simmons and Embiid is more talent than than Porzingis. But it's and just Doncic. not the right fit, though. I just agree. The right fit, but so is Doncic and, and Porzingis a good fit? I don't know. We got to well, see. It. If only someone had done a video on that and then broke it down. Um, <laughs> the irony is, if you if you trade if you if you swap KP and Embiid, I think you probably would have like the perfect pairings for each player. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, maybe it'd be great if they did that trade. Luca and here. Simmons? No, no, Luca and no, Luca um, and Embiid, Embiid and then Simmons with KP. If KP's stroke is truly bad, if he can actually shoot it, right? Yeah, I think those. I think they complement each other much better. Interesting, interesting. All right, well, we'll have to wait and see. But anyway, guys, Jared, Dave, 
Thank you so much for coming on. Everybody in the live chat, awesome stuff, terrific things. Thank you for the super chats as well. And uh, we will be back uh, when we're back. Uh, we'll see what happens next week. But thank you again, everybody. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. Are you and Jared? Dave, are you and Jared? Oh. Uh, <laughs> the night is young. All right, good. That's great. Well, I, we're all in then, and uh, that is the... the uh, See you guys later. Thank you.